1619 project is worse than you think. That's the bad news, but there is good news too. Hang tight, that's next. Welcome to Culture Shift, the Barry Ferris Show. We are living in an American culture that has shifted from tolerant to cancel culture, from decent to rude, from optimistic to cynical, and from relatively safe to increasingly violent. But it's not too late. I hope to equip you with a historical framework applied to current events so you can lead and get America back on track for good. Welcome back to the Barry Ferris Show, Culture Shift. Today, we look at how dangerous the 1619 Project is. We find that it has tentacles to make your kids hateful and racist. But we also find some good news and a concerted effort by over 45 capable black leaders, scholars, filmmakers, syndicated columnists, and CEOs. First, for some context, let's look at the Civil War through our current lens. The Civil War was fought from April 1861 to April 1864. It was for the explicit purpose of setting all black slaves free. It was to correct a horrible, unfair treatment. It was to satisfy the claim made in the Declaration of Independence that all people are created equal. All are endowed by their creator with unalienable rights. Well, before the Civil War, many states didn't offer all people the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, let's face it. The Civil War was fought with the obvious right for everyone to have an equal treatment under the law. But there were bad people who opposed that, so we had to fight to win. As a nation, we paid a huge price. Approximately 725,000 soldiers died in the Civil War. That's over 2.3% of the population of 31 million at the time. As a comparison... The COVID virus has killed, on a percentage basis, about one-eleventh as many people. With a population of 330 million, we've lost 601,000 in the United States, including the broadest definition of dying with COVID in your system, even if you also had some other significant comorbidities, and you were likely to die soon even without COVID. As a believer, death has never really been all that scary to me. Pain is, but not death. I go to heaven and things are really great. Yet on earth, death by natural causes, old age and bad health is still sad for those of us remaining, and it's still death. But that kind of death is different than when a young, healthy man dies as the result of armed conflict. And compared to COVID, where the government marshaled resources to avoid death, the death resulting from the Civil War was promulgated by the government. I mean, going to war against another nation is one thing, but to Go to war against yourself, your own brothers, is quite another. In most civil wars over the course of history, it's a fight about territory or resources. But in the United States, we fought ourselves to defeat injustice. I researched it, and I couldn't find any other superpower that fought itself to win equal treatment under the law for its citizens. It's a powerful demonstration of endeavoring to do what's good. Now, after the Civil War, there was much more to do as a discrimination continued. Eventually, we passed sweeping civil rights legislation, uh, and that wouldn't have been possible if we hadn't first fought the Civil War to defeat racism and won. So that brings us back to this false and horrible concept of the 1619 Project. The 1619 Project centers around the notion that the United States is inherently racist. It consists of a collection of essays that argue that the primary reason for the American Revolution was to preserve slavery. 
But that's just not true. In fact, the New York Times' very own fact-checkers have determined that the 1619 Project is historically inaccurate. And many scholars are upset. The president of the National Association of Scholars, along with 21 other scholars from across the United States, wrote an open letter to the Pulitzer Prize Board and said this. We call on the Pulitzer Prize Board to rescind the 2020 Prize for Commentary Award to Nicole Hannah-Jones for her lead essay in the 1619 Project. So what's going on? That's a pretty unprecedented thing. These scholars are calling foul. They claim that the Pulitzer Prize should not have been awarded to Hannah-Jones on the grounds that she's not telling the truth. Now, you might think, well, so what? Well, these scholars are objecting to the author's claim that the enslavement of Africans is at the center of America's story. It's just not true. The issue for these scholars is historical honesty. They say, the project ran into controversy. It's been subjected to searching criticism by many of the foremost historians of our time and by the Times' own fact-checker. Ouch, Uh, that seems a bit tough. But what are they so upset about? Well, they say, the project as a whole was marred by similar faults. Prominent historians felt obliged to point out in public statements. Beginning in September 2019, the project has serious factual errors, spacious generalizations, and forced interpretations. Hannah Jones did not refute these criticisms or answer them in a respectful or meaningful way. Instead, she dismissed them, they say. In other words, she lied. These are lies. These scholars then explain that they have spent their life studying and teaching the history of the United States, and they are upset about the lack of scholastic honesty here. And they explain how their concerns were brushed aside by the New York Times editor and that you can't just make up history. These criticisms continued to roll in from 12 historians across the country, only to be rebuffed again by the New York Times editor. Yet there was a twist. A fact checker for the New York Times, Leslie Harris, revealed that she had warned the newspaper that an assertion that the Patriots fought the American Revolution in large part to preserve slavery in North America was plainly false. Harris identified numerous other mistakes that she had pointed out to the Times in advance of the publication of the 1619 Project, none of which was corrected. Harris said the primary reason to declare independence was to protect slavery, and that just had no bearing in fact. It was just wrong. But that's not all the scholars are upset about. The scholars stated that the duplicity of attempting to alter the historical record in a manner intended to deceive the public is just as serious an infraction against professional ethics as a journalist can commit. So they said, the Pulitzer Prize board erred in awarding a prize to Hannah Jones' profoundly false essay and threw it to a project that is disfigured by unfounded conjectures and its patently false assertions. So, the scholars who are upset about the duplicity conclude that the Pulitzer Board should correct that error by withdrawing the prize. So there you have it. The USA was not founded as inherently racist. Yet the 1619 Project continues to flood our schools and poison the minds of students. The forced interpretations are false. Still, even in the Twitter account for the 1619 Project author, Nicole Hannah-Jones, takes the date, July 4, 1776, and she crosses it out and replaces it with August 20th, 1619. It's a deliberate attempt to remove the uplifting moral authority um, as the heart of America's founding. You know, 
the Declaration of Independence actually condemns any government or government policy that is opposed to equal treatment under the law. And, and the moral authority of the Declaration of Independence is completely missed by this 1619 Project. Yet the 1619 Project probably has a broader reach than you might think. It has its own curriculum and its own outreach programs and its own um, media. And a lot of that's supported by the Pulitzer, Bride, Pulitzer Board folks. These 1619 Project teaching resources are being made available to everyone, even homeschoolers. For children, there are poems and pictures. And to get adults to join the party, there are podcasts and one-sided, fact-free, dramatic performances all with the goal of indoctrinating our kids with the false idea that the advent of slavery is our true founding. Well, in doing this, they wish to denigrate America's great idea. The Declaration of Independence speaks to the equal treatment under the law, regardless of class or race. And they teach your kids to feel guilty. No kidding about delayed gratification, thrift, organizational skills, planning for the future. Their curriculum explicitly argues for people born with one type of melanin to be less confident and give others a chance to catch up. In other words, if you're white, be quiet and listen while others speak. They teach against self-reliance. They say that objective, rational linear thinking, this is a quote, and keeping a rigid time schedule is racist. I mean, there are metrics that show... Those with all variety of melanocytes, all skin colors, have valued these success principles. Those with a nuclear family, that is. So in direct contradiction to the American idea of equal rights for individuals, the 1619 Project defines you by your skin color and argues for the government to give unequal treatment to one skin color group over another. Here's what the 1619 Project says. Our Declaration of Independence, signed on July 4th, 1776, proclaims that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. But the white men who drafted those words didn't believe them to be true for the hundreds of thousands of black people in their midst. And so since that's the case, we can't take them at their word. Now, that's just not true. Some of the people that signed the papers, the founding documents, attempted to explicitly include freedom for all in the very beginning. Now, it is true that very bad things were done against black people in this country. It's also true that we fought a civil war and passed sweeping civil rights legislation to correct that unfair treatment, that horrible treatment. And as mentioned earlier, we paid a huge price I mean, the total price in lives was monstrous. We, we paid to set all black slaves free by an estimated 800,000 people when you include the civilians that were killed in the crossfire. The Civil War was a huge and costly war. And at a minimum, if you want to compare it to today's COVID, you would have to multiply by at least 11 to gain appreciation for the scale of the conflict and to comprehend the emotional state of the union. I mean, that's like 7.6 million people that would have died of COVID if you were to compare it to the Civil War price that we paid. Now, in this context, we have an amazing man, Booker T. Washington. He was born in a slave hut in 1856. He became the most influential spokesman for black Americans between 1895 and 1915. He was an educator and a black scholar. He founded Tuskegee Institute that uh, boasted over 1,500 students by his death. 
and it exists today is Tuskegee University, now over 3,100 students. Booker T. argued that good race relations were on the horizon. He's also the, name state, the namesake of my high school. He earned an honorary degree from Harvard and Dartmouth. He visited the White House in 1901. He's in the Hall of Fame of Great Americans. He advised both President Taft and President Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, not every black American agreed with his patient, pragmatic approach, but he taught enterprise and thrift. He encouraged his fellow blacks to cultivate their industrial and farming skills and obtain economic security. He believed that the best was yet to come with fine young people taking advantage of equal treatment, at least as it related to private property rights. From there, it would expand to equal treatment in all areas, including politics. Booker T. Washington argued that reparations were harmful since they would punish the innocent people who fought for the black slave to be set free. After the war, the United States chose to not go after the slave owners for reparations. Right or wrong, Generations later, other conservative black scholars have argued that it's difficult to frame a just treatment argument to locate the heirs of the slave owners and make a private property claim against them to satisfy the guilt from their great-great-great-grandparents' sins. And scholars like Thomas Sowell have argued that it's a waste of time and creates too much attention to being a victim, and it distracts from real prosperity and a culture of good race relations. But the 1619 Project thinks the path to fixing the nation's race problem is to make every white person believe that he is a racist by birth. The 1619 Project's not based on history. It's been debunked by scholars, yet it continues to try to create children who are angry at America. According to the 1619 Project leader, Hannah Jones, the project aims to reframe the country's history but that's not an honest or patriotic way to do things. You should let history speak for itself. She was confronted by scholars from across the country, and she openly lied, denying what she's on video as having said. Regardless, the 1619 Project moves forward. We find in their interpretive reading guide a misconstruing of historical facts to make a Marxist point. The 1619 Project blames the evils of discrimination on capitalism. And laughably, the banking system and fiat money system during the Civil War is blamed on racism. Okay, so just as a sideline, what really happened here was Lincoln did transition from the gold system to a fiat money system, but that was to win the Civil War and get rid of racism. Now, whether he could have pulled that off without a fiat system is open to debate, but the stated purpose of Lincoln's policy decision was not to be racist, but to defeat the racists. The 1619 Project's a holistic attempt to radically change what actually happened in our history. We were founded upon a quest for equal treatment under the law. The dominant faith in America was Christian, and Christians from all over the United States argued against the evils of discrimination in all its forms and slavery way before the Civil War. There's no acknowledgement or reference to that known fact. The 1619 Project wants you outraged against America. It wants you to ignore the good people whose ideas were good. And now, in an evil twist, it aims to defend unequal treatment based on skin color. In a speech launching the 1619 Project, Hannah Jones, the founder, said, the hypocrites are the founders of the United States. And thus, regardless of what the words 
actually were in the documents that they used when the country's founding documents were written by enslavers, no matter what the words were, they were false. But the 1619 Project misses the point. The founding of our country in 1776 was never about Thomas Jefferson or John Adams, who, by the way, was not a slave owner. But let's look at Abraham Lincoln and see how he brings clarity, stating that the founders did not mean to assert the obvious untruth that all were then, at the time, actually enjoying that equality. Abraham Lincoln continues, they meant simply to declare the right so that the enforcement of it might follow as fast as circumstances should permit. In other words, the real 1776 project, the Declaration of Independence, was aspirational. It was projecting into the future of what could happen for people, how we could promote freedom and justice for all, and how everyone would have a shot at the American dream. And now for some good news. There is a better way, and there are a number of initiatives already underway to preserve truth. In addition to several states that have already ruled against the 1619 Project, infiltrating those corrupt and horribly incorrect ideas into the schools, uh, this better way is argued by many black leaders and academics and uh, film artists, such as Shelby Steele as an academic from the Hoover Institute, and Bob Woodson, a legacy academic who's helped blacks through his Woodson Center. Steele argues that we made great progress over the past 60 years since the Civil Rights Movement. Steele says that today's 1619 Project initiatives are harmful. It's where mobs rule. Yet in the 60s, people dressed up in their Sunday best, and they were exceptionally polite. He says the number one difference is the breakdown of the nuclear family. Woodson has devoted the last four decades, last 40 years, to helping blacks help themselves. He argues that just treatment under the law is more than enough to be a good father, to be a good student, to be a good employee, to be a good business owner, to be a good citizen. They both make the case that the single biggest issue is the following statistic. 70% of black children through the 60s were raised in a strong nuclear family. And today, 75% of black babies are born out of wedlock. Steele and Woodson say that clinging to a form of victimhood makes it difficult for their fellow blacks to seek education and self-reliance and become prosperous. Yet they and a whole bunch of other black leaders, like pastor and CEO Corey Brooks of Chicago and Pulitzer Prize winner and columnist Clarence Page and Dr. Carol Swain, they represent a positive pushback. For example, check out their 1776 Unites. This is run by mostly black scholars. They believe that in direct opposition to the 1619 Project, we should celebrate black excellence, reject victimhood culture, and showcase African-Americans who have prospered by embracing America's founding ideas. For example, by the end of the 20th century, education and equal access was the majority practice. In most universities, the admissions process was at least fair, if not bent to the benefit of people of color. And the hiring process of most corporations was by the 90s already mostly fair. There were outliers, of course, but all the big companies you know of today had started fair hiring practices all the way to senior executive and board level back in the 90s. Those initiatives were partly motivated out of compliance to Civil Rights Act, but not all of them. 
In fact, many corporations were filling up every department with a fair representation by the mid-90s, and that was to remain competitive and directly linked to the aspirational language of the Declaration of Independence. There were bumps and bruises, but things were getting better. Now, for example, the Biden administration made a big deal of how horrible the Tulsa massacre was 100 years ago. They focused on 100 years ago. But they made no mention of how good things are now and no mention of the magnet schools where whites and blacks voluntarily learned and played and competed together, such as Booker T. Washington High School. I know. I was one of them. It's a fantastic experience. You truly look at people, regardless of their color, through the lens of loving and appreciating who they are for who they are. In addition to the civil rights legislation where it became illegal to discriminate in the workforce, we watched large numbers of people of color thrust into every visible place of fame. Comedians, actors, sports, broadcasters, and every possible position of power, including a Supreme Court justice, Thomas, who was appointed by a conservative Republican. SOS, Secretary of State, Rice, a conservative Republican, a Secretary of Defense, Powell, a moderate Republican, and a President of the United States, Obama, a liberal Democrat. You can't argue with those facts. The USA's aspirational idea of promoting equality for all was largely successful. What was promoted by the Declaration of Independence was working. In fact, even though the author of the Declaration was a slave owner, he penned a document that argued for no one to be a slave owner. Yet the dishonest 1619 Project wants to contaminate your kids. They want you to think there's nothing to celebrate about the men of 1776. They actually want them to hate the founders. But that's an immature view. Those 1619 Project folks should read more from Abraham Lincoln. He was willing to fight for equal treatment for all, particularly black Americans. Lincoln's more grown-up understanding is phrased here. The value proposition of the Declaration of Independence was enormous. Here's a paraphrase. All Americans should admire and celebrate the Declaration. They should view the founders as imperfect men, but they had wisdom. They were serious students of freedom, and they wanted to spread and deepen the power and influence of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to all people of all colors everywhere. That's what Lincoln said. That's not his direct quote, but that's what he said, and that is the spirit of America. The 1619 Project is a lie, based on a lie. The American idea is good. It's uplifting. It's based on a powerful set of unalienable rights that are granted by God, not the government. The American idea is that society should promote equal treatment for all. And that's to your success. And that depends on your freedom. God bless you. Hi, I'm David Farah. Thank you for listening to my dad's podcast, The Barry Farah Show, Culture Shift. Click subscribe now to be sure you don't miss an episode. Share this podcast with your friends on social media and give The Barry Ferris Show your five-star rating. Check out today's show notes below this episode and at theberryferrisshow.com. This podcast is also available in video format at The Barry Ferris Show on YouTube. See you next time.